Shalom, and welcome to this Northern Fire podcast. The title of this podcast is Gratitude. Gratitude is a matter of perspective. Our Heavenly Father is the great God. He is the great King above all gods. He is Creator, Father, Life Giver. He is worthy of praise and honor and glory. He is our Redeemer. He has saved us through Yeshua, our Messiah. I could go on and on. There are plenty of things for us to be thankful for that come from our Father in heaven. In fact, the Bible says in James chapter 1, Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variation or shadow of turning. Our Father is the Father of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes from Him. He is the source of our many blessings. If nothing else, we can thank and praise our Father. If nothing else, we can be grateful for the forgiveness of sins in Yeshua and for eternal life. This life of 70, 70 or 80 years is absolutely nothing compared to the glory that we will experience with our Father for eternity. But sometimes our circumstances get in the way of our experiencing gratitude. Sometimes our circumstances get in the way of our expressing our gratitude. Again, gratitude is a matter of perspective, a matter of focus, a matter of a matter of our eternal eternal and internal attitude about things let me give you an example i've been thinking lately about the children of israel after the exodus from egypt and after the refusal to enter the promised land and after many many years of wandering in the wilderness Let me read to you from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. This is Moses speaking to the children of Israel. And you shall remember that Jehovah your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of Jehovah. Your garments did not wear out, nor did your feet swell these forty years. You should know in your heart that as a man chases his son, so Jehovah your God chastens you. Think about these people who are, have been wandering for 40 years. These are the Israelites who were 20 years or younger when their parents and grandparents refused to enter the promised land. And think for a moment of all that they have. 
They have a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. This is important in the desert. In the daytime, the sun beats down at 100 degrees. The cloud by day gave them shade. And at night, the desert can get cold. The fire by night gave them light and heat. They had the presence of Jehovah. They had the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant, and Jehovah dwelt in that tabernacle right in their midst. They had manna. Every day they went out and gathered the manna. Father fed them with bread from heaven and what's in the Bible called angel's food. And what I just read, their clothes did not wear out, their feet did not swell, even walking through a wilderness in the desert. He kept their bodies and he kept their clothing. We also learn from elsewhere that he gave them victory over their enemies. Some enemies attacked them in the wilderness and God always gave them the victory. And we know that they had the word of Elohim. The word that he had spoken from Mount Sinai, the word he had given them through Moses. They had his very word. These people had a lot to be thankful for. And yet, consider their negative circumstances and consider that they often grumbled against the Lord. They did have negative circumstances. It wasn't all everything God had promised. They were wandering in a wilderness because of the decision of their parents and grandparents. These people who were now grown and had children and grandchildren of their own were not the ones who decided that they couldn't take the promised land because of the giants. Four decades of wandering through a wilderness because of the decision of someone else. And you can imagine the extreme boredom. They didn't have work to do. There were they couldn't even gather wood for fires. They were not living the promised. God had promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. They were watching people die. They were watching their loved ones die. Actually, they were watching their loved ones live to die and them die. And God was testing them. He was testing them during the full 40 years in the wilderness. And so we see these children of Israel, they've got a choice to make every day. What will they focus on? Will they focus on the negative circumstances or will they focus on the blessings? Let me share you with you these words which Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. And I won't go into it today, but if you read the book of Acts and read Paul's letters, uh, this man had many blessings, uh, many glorious experiences. Power would go out from him as he preached the gospel. And he had many negative, terrible, awful circumstances. And here's what Paul writes to the Philippians and to us. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
And so we see here, there's a promise of peace from our Savior Yeshua, but not if we are going to be anxious, not if we are, we are going to focus on our negative circumstances and grumble and complain. The peace will come when we, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God as we rejoice in him, as we praise him, as we exalt him. This is the encouragement from Paul. This is my encouragement to you today. Where are you setting your vision? Where are you focusing in these days? These are difficult days in America. They're uncertain days in America. There's lots of opportunity for us to hear the news and become anxious and worried. Lots of opportunities for us to grumble and complain about our circumstances. But that's not the will of our Father. And that's not the exhortation of the scriptures. Let me give you another example. There's a man in the, in the book of Genesis named Joseph. He's the son of Jacob, who was the son of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. And you can read about Joseph in his life in the second half of the book of Genesis. Now, in Psalm 105:19, we see Joseph in prison in chains. And Psalm 105.19 says, Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him in prison. So, if we look at Joseph in the nation of Egypt, we can see that he did have things to be thankful for. He was alive. His brothers had uh, thrown him in a pit planning to kill him. But they decided against that and sold him into slavery. He was alive. Joseph had favor, the favor of the Lord. When he was in Potiphar's house, Potiphar put him in charge of the entire household. When he was in prison, the warden put him in charge of the entire prison. As soon as these men got to know Joseph and his character and the spirit that was within him, they put him in charge. They trusted him. He had the favor of the Lord on his life. And we also know that Joseph had the presence of Jehovah, and he had wisdom in dream interpretation. We would say that he had the Spirit of God, and we would say that he had gifts of the Spirit operating in his life. And yet, in this time, as I read from Psalm 105, Joseph was in negative circumstances. His family had sold him into slavery. His brothers hated him. His father thought he was dead. He was actually in chains in prison. He was not living the dream. The dream that he had had as a young man was that his father and brothers and entire family would bow down to him, that he would come into a place of honor, a place of prominence, a place where all the others in his family would be looking to him for leadership. He was not living that dream. And again, you can imagine in those days the extreme boredom of being in prison. No books to read, no television to watch, uh, no crafts and things like that. It's just you're in prison day after day after day. And so Joseph has a choice to make every day. Will he focus on his blessings? Will he focus on his future? Will he focus on his promise? Or will he focus 
on the terrible, awful circumstances he finds himself in. Again, let me read to you from Psalm chapter 33. As the word of God exhorts us to rejoice. Rejoice in Jehovah, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Now there's the first thing we can be thankful for and rejoice in. We are righteous. We are made righteous by grace through faith in Yeshua Messiah. Because of the life, death, and resurrection of Yeshua, who is Emmanuel, God with us, we have been given righteousness. As it says in 2 Corinthians 5, God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Yeshua Messiah. Yeshua was made sin, and we are made righteous through faith in him. Rejoice in Jehovah, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise Jehovah with the harp. Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to Jehovah a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of Jehovah is right, and all his work is done in truth. The word of Jehovah is right. His work is done in truth. We have his word. We have his truth. In a world of much deception, we know the truth. The truth is his word. The truth is Yeshua, who said, I am the way and the truth and the life. We are exhorted to rejoice in Jehovah. Probably 20 years ago now, I was going through a difficult time in life. And I remember one day just lying down to try to take a nap and thinking, you know, I really should rejoice here, but I'm just thinking about all of my circumstances. And finally, I said this out loud to God. I said, Father, if you want me, if you want me to rejoice, you will have to give me something to rejoice in immediately. I mean, I don't think a second went by. Immediately, this scripture came to my mind. Rejoice in Jehovah, O you righteous. When you get to a place where you don't think you have anything to rejoice in, remember this. We have Jehovah. We have Heavenly Father. We have the Father of lights. He is our Father, our Creator, the one who loves us with an everlasting love. We can rejoice in Jehovah if there's no earthly circumstances to rejoice in. We have a heavenly Father, King, a glorious Lord and Comforter to rejoice in. Again, gratitude is a matter of perspective. Let me give you one more example here from the scriptures. I want you to think for a moment about Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph on their way to Bethlehem. Mary is pregnant with the Messiah. That's pretty exciting. Mary has talked with an angel. Mary's cousin Elizabeth is pregnant through a miraculous touch of the hand of God. Elizabeth was well, pla Elizabeth was well past the age of childbearing. And yet, through a miracle, she had become pregnant with John the Baptist. Mary had been to see Elizabeth, and the baby had leaped in Elizabeth's womb as Mary came into the house. Joseph has spoken to an angel who told him that the baby that Mary is carrying is 
conceived by the Holy Spirit. Exciting times for this couple. Wonderful times. It seems like the heaven is open. Heavens are opened above them, and God is pouring out his blessings. And yet, they're on a long, weary trek to Bethlehem. They don't want to go to Bethlehem. The times that Mary and Joseph are living in are dominated by the Roman Empire. The Romans are ordering them around. Taxes are high. And now they have to go to Bethlehem to register for a new tax. They're traveling, and Mary is most likely going to have her baby away from home. And you can imagine doubts are assailing Joseph. I mean, he's been told in a dream that the baby that Mary's carrying was conceived by the Holy Spirit, but we know we have an enemy who likes to assail us with doubts and fears and uncertainty. As they're walking, mile after mile, hoping for a place to stay in Bethlehem, what are Mary and Joseph going to focus on? And will they experience gratitude? And will they pour out that great gratitude to the living God? I believe they did. I believe these two were together and through their faith and through the grace of God, they rose up even though she had her baby in a stable, in a manger, alone, cold, I believe they rose up and they rejoiced in the Lord and they gave him thanksgiving for all that was happening in their lives. So we see again that the great challenge in this world is this. Will we focus on our negative circumstances or will we focus on our Father and his blessings? Will we focus on our Savior Will we focus on our future and our hope? Will we count our blessings? And again, the Spirit of God will help us. But these are decisions we need to make every day. In fact, several times every day. Let me share two more scriptures with you. These are out of the book of Revelation. Again, gratitude is a matter of our focus. Gratitude is a matter of our perspective and our choices. Here in Revelation chapter 4, beginning with verse 8, we see a picture of what's going on, what's happening in heaven, with Jehovah sitting upon the throne and angels and men gathered around that throne. Revelation 4, verse 8, The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. These creatures are angels, and they have eyes all around. They see. They see him. They see the glorious God upon his throne, and they see all of him. 
They see all of him in his glory. And so they do not cease day or night saying, Holy, holy, holy. And praising him for who he is and what he's done. These creatures are around this throne. And because they can see his glory, their perspective is constantly this living God. And they are continually praising him. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. These 24 elders, I believe, are men who've been redeemed from the earth and now are gathered around the throne. And they are worshiping day and night because of the perspective that they have. Now, here is the unique position we find ourselves in, living not in heaven as they are, but on the earth. These angels and these elders do not have negative circumstances. They're not being tested by the living God. They don't have an enemy that's continually tempting them to iniquity, transgression, and sin. They don't have the distractions. Their vision is the living God and their worshiping. We have a unique opportunity where we live to praise God anyway, to look beyond and tune out this world and look into the heavenly places that we could join these creatures in praising our Heavenly Father. And then here in Revelation 14, I simply wanted to end this podcast by telling you that even death, the thing that we tend to fear most, that the most destructive force in the universe, the, the consequence of our sin, death itself is something to be thankful for because of these words, because of Yeshua and his resurrection, and because of these words. Revelation 14, verse 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Three things here about death. It says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Why are we blessed when we die? Number one, we're going to heaven. We're going home. We're going to be united with Yeshua, the bridegroom, and we will be with him forever in a bride and bridegroom relationship. Two, it says, the Spirit says, that they may rest from their labors. We're going to a place of rest from our labor, from our warfare, from our being assailed by our enemy. There is eternal rest in our future, and their works do follow them. And we find from other places in Revelation that though we're not saved by our works, we're saved by grace through faith, our works produce fruit. 
our works are rewarded. Yeshua himself said that we can store up treasures in heaven through the things that we do on earth. So, we have treasures and rewards waiting for us. We have rest waiting for us. We have complete union with our Savior waiting for us. That's why those who die in the Lord are blessed. So, if nothing else, we can look to our future and rejoice in our future. And again, I will close with these words from the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in Jehovah always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Shalom.